The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Graham Preston. Graham's a pro-life campaigner. His organisation is called Protect Life. He also represents Right to Life Australia. He's been jailed six times for his Christian convictions of standing up for the unborn. Hello, Graham Preston. Welcome back to 2020. G'day, Neil. Thanks for the, having Graham, me back. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, in some sense, uh, I see you as something of a hero of the Christian community because uh, there are very few people these days in our Australian context who are prepared uh, to be arrested, to stand in the dock in court, uh, to receive a sentence of jail because they have a Christian faith conviction. So I honour you for that because uh, uh, you're a fairly rare breed and uh, I'd like to think that there might be a few more who might stand alongside you uh, in doing some of the sorts of things that you do, standing up for your convictions as a Christian. Uh, Graham, we've just been hearing all about uh, what's happening weather-wise and uh, there is something that you are looking forward to uh, and that is happening in the next uh, 24, 48 hours in Brisbane in Queensland. It looks like the inclement weather is going to have an effect on this, but there is a an abortion conference that's being held in Brisbane, and you're getting ready to be out on the streets protesting. Are you going to be out in the open? Ah, yes, we'll be uh, out in the rain, yes. I, I think that the Weather Bureau uh, just said to us there could be as much as 500 millimetres of rain falling around about the time you're intending to be on the street. When you're out broad, uh, you know, doing your uh, uh, protests, uh, you've been in the rain before. In fact, I've made light of the fact that, uh, you know, you can imagine Graham Preston standing there uh, looking like a drowned rat standing in the rain. Uh, what do you do to take care when you've got really inclement weather like you perhaps will have when you're uh, protesting this time? Oh, well, we just take the attitude that uh, rain's the least of your concerns. I mean... What we're making a statement about is the taking the life of unborn children. And so to put up with a bit of rain, that's not a big deal. It's not nice, but you just put up with it. And for you, it's been really rain, hail or shine. Nothing disturbs your intent when you're out there and you're doing one of these protests. Generally, yes. Uh, we usually don't let rain deter us. Okay. Look, I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation today, Graham. And uh, it's not the first time you've been on 2020, and we'll talk through some of the issues that motivate you. But to include our listeners in the conversation today, perhaps you'd like to join us as part of this talkback conversation, 1-800-316-316. That's our number. Tell us whether you would stand in the rain or rain, hail or shine holding a placard outside an abortion clinic. Uh, tell us if you would, perhaps tell us if you wouldn't. You don't have to have uh, uh, the same perspective. In fact, we'd like to hear from uh, all sorts of different alternatives when it comes to the topic. Would you be prepared to be arrested? Would you stand in the dock in court? Would you listen to the words of a magistrate when they say uh, you're off to jail? Would you go to jail? 
for being a Christian? Well, you might like to contribute to our conversation today. 1-800-316-316 is our number. 1-800-316-316. Graham Preston is our guest, pro-life campaigner. His organisation's called Protect Life. Graham, tell me about this particular abortion in Australia conference that's going to be held in Brisbane, and you'll be on the streets protesting. Uh, what is actually, what's this conference all about? Yes, as the name indicates, Abortion in Australia, it's been organised by the Queensland group called Children by Choice, which is a very strong uh, pro-abortion lobby group. And they brought together a number of speakers from around the country to be speaking on a number of topics in relation to uh, abortion. And so we don't believe that a group of people meeting together, abortionists and abortion advocates, to talk about the killing of unborn children, that such an event as this can be allowed to go unchallenged. So we are simply just going to be on the footpath outside the venue to try to challenge those that are going to think again about what they're actually involved in doing. This is on tomorrow. It starts tomorrow in Brisbane. Uh, There are uh, these sorts of gatherings happening in various capital cities around Australia. How many people like you are there, Graham, around the country who would be prepared to stand on a street corner holding a placard and uh, standing on behalf of the unborn? Uh, uh, You are a rare breed, as I already mentioned, but uh, are there people that you keep uh, in touch with in a network who do some similar things to what you do? Oh, well, I know of others that uh, there are people that go outside the Tweed Heads Abortion Clinic down in New South Wales. There uh, is a very active group in Albury, Wodonga, at the abortion clinic there in Albury, and uh, they have been very active in the last couple of years. There are people, a very dedicated group in Melbourne, and uh, I believe that there are others, I think, uh, some now in South Australia. So there are people around the country who are prepared to stand outside these places and make it known what goes on inside them and offer help to people going in. And I suspect if listeners wanted to get in touch with any of those groups who might be doing those uh, protests, that uh, if they get in touch with you, you might be able to uh, pass on some names and numbers. Uh, Come back to this conference that starts tomorrow, the Abortion in Australia conference. What sort of things are you anticipating uh, that they'll be talking about? One of the things that they've indicated... uh is in relation to the abortion pill, RU4H6. Uh, they, it has just recently, since the beginning of February in Australia, been changed. Up until then, the abortion pill could only give, be given to women in the first six, seven weeks of their pregnancy. It has now been expanded out to nine weeks. So they're going to be talking about that. They're also talking about telehealth provision. Now, this is very disturbing in that This is already being done in some states in America where a woman just speaks to an abortionist over perhaps a Skype connection and she doesn't directly have any physical contact with the doctor at all, but uh, the doctor makes an assessment and she's provided with the pills. And so they're talking about using that here in Australia. Uh, They're also trying to promote the use of particularly of the abortion pill at ordinary general practitioners' surgeries. And we find this a very disturbing direction they're trying to move in. We know it's already happening that there are doctors who are willing to provide this pill at their surgery, and that just will uh, magnify the number of people who are involved in providing abortions, and it will also make it much more accessible in many places of the country. 
And so we are very disturbed by that and we would hate to think of more of our doctors around the country being involved in, instead of trying to be healers, to be involved in killing. Graham, sometimes we use that terminology, slippery slope. Uh, As you can uh, reflect on uh, in all of these years that you've been a pro-life campaigner, uh, the different laws that have come in that have made abortion more accessible to people uh, and uh, as these new forms of abortion, and talking RU486, as these have become more and more available, have you been able to identify that there truly is a slippery slope and things are getting easier and easier all the time for people to have abortion? Oh, there would no, be no doubt about that. One of the other changes that has occurred in Australia is that this abortion pill is now available on the PBS, Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme. And so for those who are concession card holders, they can get access to this abortion pill for just $12. And so that makes it you know, almost unbelievable that for just $12, a woman can go and get these pills and end the life of her baby. And so when things like that are being done, yes, there's no doubt about it that things are becoming easier. Our standards are being broken down further and further and... Uh, Abortion is just becoming more and more normalised and uh, people are just thinking, well, this is just no different to taking an aspirin almost. Graham, how do you feel when you reflect on the fact that while we're talking here about a slippery slope, about things spiralling out of control, getting so much easier for people to have abortions, that the other side of the equation is saying, oh, isn't this wonderful that women can so much more easily access Uh, abortions and they have this sort of right over their own bodies. How does that make you feel when you see that the opposition in this sense appears to be winning the the battle? Yes, it is an enormous concern for where our society is going. The fact that we are having so little respect and value for our own children that uh, we are wanting to make it easier and easier in order to be able to end their lives. And so it's a very hollow victory for them, but it's a very sad commentary on our society that we are allowing it to move in this direction further and further. And, of course, you're based in Queensland. and We've been talking about these other centres in cities around Australia where there are abortion clinics, and uh, there'll be abortion clinics uh, from the west right through to the east uh, in major centres. Uh, talking about the Queensland context where you are situated, of course there's a new Labor government in Queensland and if the Labor government in Queensland goes true to form on similar Labor platform policies as other states, what would you anticipate might be their uh, response to these types of issues? Well, it is quite possible. It is on the Labor Party platform that they say that they are going to uh, decriminalise abortion in Queensland and so it was a surprise that it hasn't happened previously, uh, but the potential for it to happen under the new government is there, perhaps because the numbers in the parliament are so tight, they might be more reluctant to move in that direction, um, but uh, the possibility of that happening. But the reality is that even though abortion remains illegal in Queensland, that any woman who wants an abortion gets one. There is no restrictions in practice, that is the case. These abortion clinics operate completely openly, advertise without any restrictions, and there is nothing that will be done to stop them providing abortions for anybody who asks for one. 
You get invitations to be a speaker at uh, various events and uh, you have the opportunity to speak to people who will be opinion makers in their own uh, church context, in their own community groups. How do you encourage people that there is a Christian foundation to this value of what a human life is, right back to conception? Uh, what sort of things do you say to people to uh, to say, this is your Christian uh, heritage, your Christian conviction that you need to hold? Yes, uh, well, I, I do get opportunities to speak, not as often as I would like. So if people would like to uh, offer more invitations, we would be happy to take them up. I think uh, some groups are, are, are concerned on this issue because they're afraid that people that in their churches, they might have had abortions and this might stir things up. And so that really leads to some reluctance to have people talking on this very emotive issue. But we believe that even though the word abortion is never stated in the scriptures, there's no command saying you shall not abort, it's quite clear all the same that God values life in the womb particularly passages like Psalm 139, which I'm sure many listeners would be familiar with, where the psalmist exalts in God's awareness of him in the womb as he grows. There's no sense that he's a different being before and after birth. There's a sense of God being involved in his life right through from the very beginning. But in particular, we would see the incarnation of Jesus as giving validation to life in the womb In Luke 1, we read about the Holy Spirit telling Mary that they were um, coming upon, the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary. And we often talk about the virginal birth, but actually it was a virginal conception. And so Jesus grew, as all other babies do, for nine months in his mother's womb. Uh, We know about the time when Mary went to visit her relative Elizabeth and John in Elizabeth's womb, leapt at the sound of Mary's voice. And so the fact that our God, our Saviour, lived in his mother's womb for nine months uh, is an indication that life at that stage uh, is as valuable as life afterwards as well. And so we would see that we have a responsibility to see our unborn neighbour as our neighbour and we uh, need to care for them as much as any born neighbour. Graham Preston is our guest and you can be a part of our conversation today and uh, you're wondering what you might be able to contribute. Uh, We've heard a lot of things. You might have contribution on any of the points that have been made so far in our conversation. You might also like to let us know whether you would stand in the rain holding a placard outside an abortion clinic. Uh, Would you be prepared to be arrested, to stand in the dock, to be sentenced to go to jail for being a Christian, having a conviction about the unborn. Well, you might be part of our conversation. Our talkback line is open 1-800-316-316. Why don't you call us? 1-800-316-316. Back with more in just a few moments. It's Neil Johnson with you on this Wednesday edition of 2020. Graham Preston, pro-life campaigner, is our guest. You're invited to be a part of our conversation. Would you stand in the rain holding a placard outside an abortion clinic? Uh, you can call us, be a part of our conversation today, one 800 Graham, let's take a call from Renee in Western Australia. Hello, Renee. Welcome along to 2020. Hi there. Great to hear from you, Renee. What's uh, your contribution to our conversation today? Um, oh, I just wanted to um, sort of um, tell everybody that I have been um, a nurse in South Africa and I was involved um, in actually, you know, 
treating patients that had these um, termination of pregnancies yeah. and that I had to sort of take away these fetuses from these people in kidney dishes to mm-hmm. a slush. And it sickened me so much um, that I really was, you know, feeling devastated. And I hope God can forgive me because if you, if you um, take on a job there in South Africa as a nurse, you have to sign sort of a waiver where you promise that you will still support a patient whether they choose to have a termination of pregnancy or not. Now, in my view as a Christian, I still think it's murder. And I have been a community nurse as well. I do feel that in Australia there's too little done to prevent these um, these pregnancies in young women. Um, I really feel that they can do more towards pregnancy prevention and providing information and medication to prevent pregnancies in teens and young women. Renee, let's hear from Graham. Uh, Graham, your reaction to what Renee is sharing? Yes, well, that certainly is uh, a tragic thing to have been involved, Renee, and it must have been very difficult for you, and I'm glad to hear that you're out of that now. Yep. and ideally, yes, if uh, people don't get themselves uh, pregnant in difficult circumstances in the first place, well, then the whole problem is solved. And so that's the thing that we want everybody to be aiming for, to take responsibility for their behaviour yeah. so that um, they don't end up having to think that they need to abort their baby's life. Yeah. So that's the ideal that we're aiming for, yes. Yeah. Renee, uh, let me just ask Graham uh, some of the other things that you were sharing. Uh, people who feel compelled and even signing waivers uh, to be a part of uh, the process of an abortion. And uh, as Renee has shared there, I mean, uh, there's a, a sense in which you can feel as though there's a level of guilt. Uh, what is your uh, perspective on people who might be, uh, you know, uh, uh, innocently caught up in what might be happening with uh, abortion? Well, certainly. Um you know, it, it, people will say, well, it's my job, I've got no alternative to be involved, but I believe that uh, the Christian community must make a stand on this and say, well, no, I will not be involved and we must tr- resist the pressures that uh, are becoming stronger on people involved in the medical field to be a part of all this. And that's what I was saying before about GPs now issuing the abortion pill and so on. It's just drawing more and more people in being involved in it. And uh, people have got to be said, prepared to say, no, we won't do this. And we must be not forced into having to participate in things that go against our conscience. Renee, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you, having been through the experiences that you have had. And, uh, and uh, I don't want you to actually describe uh, the, the processes that you had to be involved. But uh, were they very, very difficult for you to deal with at the time when you were there in the surgery with the doctor? Um, yes, I was actually um, working um, in a hospital ward at that time where these ladies would come um, and they would like uh, bring documentation and the medication from the doctor and we were had to administer that medication, and then they would lie there and wait for the cramps, you know, to start, and actually abort this little fetus. And then you had to make sure that the fetus is complete in that kidney dish, and that everything, you know, all the parts, everything is there, because um, if some parts of the fetus stays behind, there's obviously a risk of infection, and um, then they have to, will have to go for a surgical procedure as well. Um, but yeah, just uh, 
just the whole thing, you know, of, of having to handle that, that fetus and see that it's a life that's going through your hands that could have been someone. It was very traumatic for me. And I actually have never really spoken about it, you know, out about it. It's just now this morning again when I heard you you talking about it, I thought maybe somebody has to hear about this just to make sure that they still believe it's it's a life. It's it's a responsibility of a life that is going through your hands and, and it's it's murder. It's absolutely murder. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Well Renee, I wanna thank you for being courageous enough to call us and to share your heart with us today. I really appreciate your call. Uh, here and being part of 2020. Thanks you, thank you uh, to Renee uh, from Western Australia. Uh, it is a heart-wrenching story. And uh, Graham, if I can reflect on this for a moment, uh, in states like Victoria, where there is uh, abortion right up to full term, uh, that would be a very difficult thing to deal with for anyone working in the abortion industry, having to deal with those sorts of issues. Yes, and even the abortionists themselves admit it. Uh, some listeners here in Queensland would remember the abortionist Peter Bayless who ran the Greenslopes Clinic. Back uh, some years ago, he was interviewed on TV about late-term abortion. I'll just read you some of the uh, what was said. The interviewer asked him, do you think late-term abortion is murder? And Peter Bayless replied, yep. The interviewer said, you've done this one yourself though, haven't you? And Bayless said, yes. The interviewer asked him, and how do you feel about that? Bayless said, it's a gut churner. I don't like it and the staff don't like it. And I'm sure that must be the case. I mean, if you have any humanity left in you to be dealing with uh, very late-term aborted babies and to say it doesn't affect you, uh, you would have to be completely inhuman. And uh, even he is the abortionist himself. He said it's murder and he says I do it. Legislators will stand in the parliament and uh, pass the law, but they are not necessarily thinking of the consequences for that little life. And as you're indeed uh, assessing here, uh, even the abortionists themselves are are in fact uh, affected by that. Well, I would certainly hope the legislators do think about this. Uh, it would be terrible if they don't, but... Uh Somehow they seem to be able to overlook the value of the life in the womb and uh, turn a blind eye. Certainly, as I say, here in Queensland, where we haven't even changed the law, it's still illegal, and yet they are prepared to just turn a blind eye to what everybody knows is going on and allow it to go on anyway. We are taking your calls. 1-800-316-316 is our talkback number. Penny is in Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Penny, you might need to turn your radio down in the background. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm moving to the other room. Is that better? <laughs> That's better. Well, I hope as long as it's better for you. Uh, Penny, what are you, what's your contribution to our conversation today? Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I really admire this man, Graham, and I'd stand with him. I, would, I wouldn't need a poster. I am one. Explain that for us. All right, I will. Um, I, I'm not what you would call uh, normal by a lot of people, different. And I had a lady who once told me, who'd never met my mother, that, um, that if my mother had known what I was like, she would have just aborted me. And I said, no, she wouldn't. And when I did talk to my mother about that, she also said, no, she would never have done it 
whether she knew or not. Um, uh, and this woman professed to be a Christian. Mm. It was appalling. Um, I, I, I have to stand for life. I am alive and with a purpose. And God has made me alive with a purpose. Cannot be denied. Penny, you are a walking miracle, I must say, and uh, uh, for the amount of abortions that go on in Australia, uh, to be able to speak to someone today and for listeners around the nation to be able to just hear your voice, uh, it is, uh, in a sense, a miracle. Uh, Graham, your thoughts on what Penny's been sharing? Well, it's great to hear, Penny, and it's terrible to hear somebody would say such a terrible thing to you like that. And... Uh, for someone who professes to be a Christian to say that a fellow human being should be not alive is yeah. is a terrible, terrible thing. And so yeah. I'm very glad to hear you speaking today and uh, I'm glad to hear your support. That's terrific. Yeah, I, I was in the car coming home when I heard you and I couldn't wait to get home to ring and, <laughs> and speak to you because Thank you. I would stand with you and I would be your poster. Right. Well, I would. Maybe you guys ought to get together because, uh, Graham, you're, you're heading back to Tasmania in just a little while. Uh, I'll farewell, Penny. Penny, thank you so much for your input today and for telling your story and for, uh, and for courageously staying that, saying that you'd stand alongside Graham. And, you know, we're, we're just blessed to hear you call us today. Thank you so much, Penny. Thank you. Yeah, okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Uh, Graham, you're on your way to Tasmania, not too far away. Uh, there are issues there unresolved. Uh, I've shared with our listeners you've been jailed six times uh, because you have stood up for the unborn. Uh, there are issues uh, in uh, Queensland that somehow or other have been slightly resolved and you're not being as arrested as much as you used to. Uh, but in Tasmania, there are some real issues that you're up against. Yes, uh, in Tasmania, they have this law that says that no protest against abortion can be held within 150 metres of a place where abortions are done. So we believe that this is a terrible abuse of freedom of speech for a start and this can't be allowed to go unchallenged. So last year, uh, the law has been in place for just over a year now and uh, March of last year I went down and stood outside two of their abortion clinics and was arrested there and then when the court case came up in September, the charges were dropped. And so they, that leaves the law still unresolved. It's still in place. Um, and so I believe it is important enough to go back again to Tasmania and be prepared to risk getting arrested again so that we can challenge this law because it's extremely important that we don't lose the freedoms that people have fought for and have obtained for us in the past and to be able to express our views publicly uh, in public places is extremely important. And so people need to be able to stand outside these abortion clinics to challenge what goes on in there and to offer help to people going in. And it's amazing. We've been asking people to call in and uh, I, I asked the question, would you stand in the rain holding a placard outside the abortion clinic? And, uh, and uh, I hope that as Penny has made contact with us today, that Penny will contact you via your website and set up something because Penny has offered today to be your placard. And uh, someone who is really, I think uh, we describe someone like Penny as someone who is an abortion survivor. 
Is that the way we describe someone like Penny, in that sense that, uh, that potentially uh, she could have been uh, aborted, her mother could have made a decision uh, against her life, but uh, her mother decided that, no, uh, no, I'm going to have this child, and uh, and there she is, the very beautiful Penny, and Penny's offered to be your placard. Uh, would you like to have Penny as your placard? Yes, anybody who's willing to come with me would be very welcome. In fact, if you're standing alongside Penny, I mean, you can't be charged for having a certain sort of placard or the wording on your placards. Just quickly, we're going to have to go for a break in just a moment, but the wording and the picture on your placard that you hold up, uh, what's on there? Well, the one I used in Tasmania simply quoted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 3, which simply says everyone has the right to life. Also on the back of the placard it had a quote from the Convention on the Rights of the Child, which simply says, Article 6, every child has the right to life. And I held a picture of an unborn baby. And yeah. Okay, well, we'll be talking some more in just a few moments. Graham Preston is our guest. Graham has been jailed six times because of his Christian conviction to stand for the unborn. Perhaps you would like to be a part of our conversation. The talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Would you stand in the rain holding a placard outside an abortion clinic? Would you be prepared to be arrested, to stand in the dock, to be sentenced by a magistrate, to go to jail for being a Christian? Uh, Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. Back with more in just a few moments. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Getting a catch-up today, Graham Preston, our guest, pro-life campaigner. His organisation, Protect Life, he's also a representative of Right to Life Australia. He's been jailed six times for his Christian conviction to stand up for the unborn. Uh, a big protest uh, that is being planned tomorrow, Graham. The Abortion in Australia conference is being held in Brisbane. You'll be out on the streets. I guess you'd be hoping there might be a few others that might stand alongside you. And as we said, rain, hail or shine, with a deluge of rain forecast... Uh, a good uh, test for someone's uh, ability to actually stand by their word and say, rain, hail or shine, I'm going to be with, with you there, Graham. Yes, I certainly would hope that wouldn't deter any pro-lifers. So a bit of rain, no. Okay. We'll talk some more about that in a few moments. Let's hear from Helen in Cairns. Hello, Helen. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Helen, what's your contribution to our conversation today? Well, my first contribution is I, I want to just um, say to Graham that a lot of Christians are praying for him. Thank you. Um, honestly, I, I just want to—I want to give a positive contribution as an older woman who's done a bit of research, and um, I just want to say something positive. I'm sick of big pharma. I'm sick of the way it mucks around with women's bodies, even with contraceptive pills. And in this day and age, with the scientific advances that are available to us, there's no need for it. There is a perfectly wonderful. Um, Method of natural contraception, you can Google it if you want to. It's the Pizona Contraception Monitor, which monitors two hormones and tracks uh, the female cycle, lets you know when you're liable to fall pregnant, lets you know when you're ovulating. And these wonderful discoveries are available to young women. I just think they need to be told. They need to be told that they don't have to do these things. They're not at the mercy of Big Pharma and um, people who aren't Christians wanting to um, stuff around with their bodies. It's basically as simple as that. I'm pretty passionate about it, you know, because all these um, uh, procedures, abortion and, and contraception pills, they, they just um, do so much damage. And, um, you know, we're made in God's image. We're made to have children. 
and we just need to embrace our um, cycle and um, be be rejoicing in it. You know, I mean, we've got a lot of good things at our disposal. Yes, and uh, we would certainly agree with you in terms of the contraception pill, in terms of its potential to cause early abortions. But also many people don't realise that, uh, according to the World Health Organisation, it's a Class A carcinogen as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think people are just ignorant of it and they trust what the doctors tell them instead of um, doing some research. But you know what I'm saying is there is natural contraception available now on a, on, a, on a much more refined level than there ever was before and young women need to take advantage of it. Helen, you're in Cairns. Uh, would you stand on a on a curbside uh, holding a placard in the rain outside an abortion clinic? Uh, just a, just a, a question in passing. Would you do that? Yes, I would. Okay, all right. And uh, and uh, would you be prepared to be arrested, stand in the dock, be sentenced by a magistrate, go to jail? Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be paying. That wouldn't happen. Yes, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I, I am, I am putting you on the spot, and uh, it's a tough one for anyone to answer, but I uh, really appreciate your call today. Thank you so much, Helen, from Cairns. Thank you. Uh, let's take another call from Kerry in Cobar. Hello, Kerry. Welcome along to 2020. Hi. Hi, Kerry. What's your contribution to our conversation today? I was just wanting to ask a question on what suggestions that uh, you may have um, to teach the youth because there seems to be a disassociation with life in the womb um, and um, life outside the womb. Yeah. I've noticed with some youth that it, it's becoming common that if they don't like the person, they they don't count life in the womb as the same as life out of the womb. It, it's all one one thing, life is life, and there's a disassociation, or it seems, um, Graham. growing. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that uh, it certainly is. It's the same human being before and after birth. And, I mean, this is one of the incredible advantages we have nowadays with the access to um, ultrasound imaging. Uh, <laughs> 3D ultrasound images that you can easily, anybody can find on the internet and see for themselves that uh, there's clearly a living human being inside the womb. So we have this window to the womb that people haven't had in the past. And so in many respects, people are more culpable because uh, of the scientific advances that we've got that enable us to, to be able to see with our own eyes the life of the child in the womb. And how do you uh, then, as Kerry is saying, uh, communicate these things to young people who are in that formative uh, process of understanding how all this works? Uh, they're being shaped in the way that they'll approach these issues. Uh, what's your suggestion for communicating to youth, Graham? Well, it's a matter of just making sure that they know that this is available. Uh, various groups, Christian groups, do try to get into the schools to take uh, programs that will inform students about this. They sometimes struggle to be able to get into especially state schools, but um, I know Choices of Life, they are endeavouring to get into schools to be able to take programs along this sort of nature. And so groups like that need to be encouraged and supported so that they can get into all the schools and uh, let our young people know so that they are well informed. 
Kerry, does that answer your question? Yeah, thanks. Kerry, thank you so much for your participation in our conversation today here on 2020. Kerry from Cobar. Uh, let's come back to the protest that's on tomorrow. Rain, hail or shine, the likelihood is uh, heavy rain, a deluge of rain. I can just imagine you now, Graham Preston, standing out on the uh, footpath, uh, drenched. Uh, have you got some sort of special wet weather gear that you're you're planning to wear tomorrow? Uh, I've got a, uh, a raincoat. Yep, that'll be enough. But I would point out that the conference starts tomorrow night and we'll be there on the footpath in the uh, evening between 5.30 and 6.30 when the attendees at the conference are arriving. But then it's on again on Friday, so we'll be there on Friday morning and then Friday evening when they're leaving and then again they're having a breakfast on the Sunday morning. So anybody in the Brisbane area who'd like to join us would be welcome at any of those times. Uh, now let's uh, be specific here with this particular conference uh, uh, that gathering is uh, going to be where? Uh, what's the uh, outside which building? It's at 50 um, Oxlade Drive, New Farm, at a place called Riverside Receptions. And so uh, that's the location, 50 Oxlade Drive, New Farm. And then we're going to be there between 5.30 and 6.30 tomorrow night and then between 7.30 and 9 on Friday morning. Then... Uh, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock on Friday evening and then 7.15 to 8.15 on Saturday morning. And just to clarify, your protests are peaceful protests. Certainly. Absolutely, yes. We're opposed to all violence and so we are not going to engage in violence ourselves. Okay. Now, so if someone wants to be in touch with you, I guess they can uh, find you through your website. Now, I'll give the website address and I'll give it in just a few moments as well, but www protect-life, that's protect-life.info. People will be able to uh, contact you and get some more details about how they might stand alongside you. And, of course, uh, we'll have another update on what Graham has been doing in the near future. And uh, uh, if there were some people who were deciding to go and stand with Graham on the street because of your Christian conviction about uh, the life of the unborn child, uh, we'll be able to get some feedback perhaps from some people who might join you, Graham, and perhaps people who are listening to our conversation today. Uh, 1-800-316-316. We've got time perhaps for one more short call. John is in Tasmania. Hello, John. Welcome along to 2020. Uh, great to be uh, chatting with you and uh, uh, very pleased to be able to say hi to Graham. Hi, John. I'm from Tasmania and I was amongst quite a few people here who wrote in to the politicians when the latest version of the abortion law was uh, sprung on us by the previous government here in Tassie. So, yeah. Great. Uh, Graham, uh, your thoughts? Any uh, conversation there with John? Uh, well, yeah, I would just encourage you, John, to be mm. continuing to... Uh, be involved with the pro-life movement down there because uh, I, mm. I don't know where in Tasmania you are, but I know there's a group getting quite active in Hobart. Oh, I see, yes. And uh, so, yes, seek them out and uh, I could put you in touch with them and uh, be involved because I know they would appreciate your support. Mm, I'm hoping and praying that there will be a chance to roll back a certain aspect of the so-called reforms that were put in. <laughs> oh, yes, they certainly need to be changed. That's right. It's, uh... John, I suspect nothing will roll back unless there is some level of physical support uh, for uh, some of these protests that uh, are going that, on around the country. That's, that's 
certainly true. And I guess there could be some need for a publicist, uh, for someone like Graham, who's been in jail six times for standing out on street corners, uh, you know, just giving a little bit of publicity whenever Graham's going to be in town. And I know Graham's going to be in Tasmania in, uh, in March or so, so you might be able to catch up together when, uh, when he's visiting. Yes, I, uh, years ago, was in touch with uh, Dr Dennis Humphrey, who's now a retired gynaecologist, and he was quite active with the uh, right-to-life-type movement in the south of the state. And there are many who are supportive. And, John, I'll have to cut you short because we've run out of time. John, thanks so much for your contribution today here on 2020. Graham Preston's been our guest, pro-life campaigner. Uh, You've been hearing the sorts of things we're talking about www.protect-life.info is the website. Uh, Graham Preston, always a pleasure, and I'm sure this won't be the last catch-up. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.